Hey mama, my name's Diana Ballard and welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Prior to becoming a mom, I realized that if I wanted to continue living a life of passion, adventure, and fulfillment, I needed to learn from people who lived that way while having a family. In 2012, I started interviewing any mom that would talk to me. After hundreds of interviews, I found a pattern that the moms who struggled less all had similar foundational skill sets, mindsets, and habits. I started Mom Training, our live workshops, and the Mom Training podcast to continue my research process in a way that included other moms and families. My goal is to help other moms increase their joy, love, and fulfillment by creating an environment where we can learn and thrive together. Come learn the skill sets and strategies for a happy home, peaceful relationships, inspiration to be your best self, and more than enough time to do what you love while enjoying your family. Welcome to the Mom Training Community, where we learn, cry, and laugh together as we navigate motherhood. I'm Diana, and I'm so happy that you're here with me. Hey, ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Have you ever felt like you have lost yourself in motherhood? Now, if you've listened to my podcast over the last handful of years, you know that this is kind of a passion for me to try to avoid right? That's where like all of my research started back, you know, in 2012, when I was trying to figure out even before becoming a mother, how I could prevent myself from getting lost in motherhood. When I had Mm -hmm. seen so many examples around me that were struggling. So if you feel right now that you are lost in motherhood, or you're having a struggle with finding your identity and yourself in your life right now, you are at the right place at the right time listening to this podcast. Today, I have Lizzie Langston with me. She is a certified postpartum life coach. She's a a podcast host of the Postpartum Coach Podcast, and she advocates for postpartum mothers. She is helping postpartum women feel more passionate, playful, and full of purpose. And so I'm really excited to introduce her to you today. Uh, Lizzie, welcome to the podcast today. Hi, Diana. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everybody. It's so good to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? I would love to. I freaking love podcasting. So it's no secret. I have my podcast and it's just so I love it. Yes. I'm happy to introduce myself. So my name is Lizzie. I have three kids. Um, My oldest is eight and then I have an almost seven-year-old daughter and then a five-year-old boy. So boy, girl, boy. And I've got a German short-haired pointer named Otto that I love. I am an Arizona native, but we lived in Colorado for a while, and it feels kind of like home. But we are currently in Arizona. And we lived in Costa Rica for seven months. So that's like a little bit me about me on that's the personal so side. Fun. I know. I know. <laughs> it was such a blast. It was like post-2020, we're like, let's sell everything and get out of here. Wow. <laughs> So we did that. That was fun. I thought we could talk a whole episode on that. Um, And yeah, how I got into postpartum coaching is I had my own really serious postpartum depression and anxiety. I had three kids in four years. Not that that necessarily even correlates. I'm not sure, but it was an intense time of birthing children and being swimming in babies. (laughs) And definitely, definitely did lose myself. and had no vocabulary at the time. I mean, these days I feel like this was almost 10 years ago. So now postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, these are words we hear, we see, you know, social media hashtags, but I genuinely was like, not sure what I was going through. I didn't even have words for it, which was so, 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 so scary. 
And I tried um, antidepressants through the, my OBGYN, like the mainstream medical system. I tried, and we, we did the max dosage. I even tried um, with my third baby because I'd been so depressive and anxious after my second baby. I was like, okay, let's skip the epidural. Let's do a birth center. We'll just not do the hospital. Like I went out of my way. I was like, I don't know what created this in me, but I want to try to avoid it. And I still got depressive and anxious after that third baby, which was excruciatingly devastating, I might say. And we got to the point where I was having suicidal thoughts. I tried, you know, therapy. I tried the, the, um, free postpartum support groups at the hospital. So I really felt like I tried everything. We move in with my in-laws. It's kind of a dramatic story, guys. So I'm just going to say, but I, I won't like, it's no trigger alerts or anything, but we, we did have to kind of move in with my in-laws because I just really wasn't functioning. I don't know if you even knew all this, Diana. <laughs> oh no, I didn't know this deep. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and that is when my sweet in-laws were like, we're going to take the kids for, you know, the better part of a week. You go to Arizona with your hubby on a little trip and you just figure out how you're going to get better. Like, what do you need? And it was on that trip that I first found a coaching podcast, a life coaching podcast. And I, it was something I could sink my teeth into. And since then I've become a certified life coach. And I always knew, I mean, through my harrowing experience, I had promised God, I was like, I will help postpartum women if you can get me out of this. And so when I found those tools and they were actually helping, I then developed my own postpartum coaching, but I've infused it with, I've become trauma certified. I've brought in yoga. I bring in, um, like a really holistic vibe, um, and then of course my own experience going through it. So that's, that's a little bit about me as a coach and a person. <laughs> wow. Well, and I'll tell you, it is really scary to experience mm-hmm. postpartum depression because yeah. you don't, you really don't know why you're feeling that way or like where it's coming from or how to mm-hmm. get out of it. Like I, mm-hmm. I can totally sympathize with you on that. Mm-hmm. That is, that is really a yeah. challenging, um, experience to go through. So yeah. Wow. Okay. So that helped you build upon your own knowledge to bring you to where you are now. I love that. Um, I honestly feel like the best coaches are the ones that have gone through hell and back. And I know that it's, you know, someone that's like (laughs) in the hell right now, they're like, I don't know if I want, you know, I don't want to go through this. Like why get me out of this. Right. But there is so much strength on the other side. Once we do pull out of it, Mm-hmm. and are willing to help other people. So I love that um, you are are helping postpartum women. And I know that you've had great success with your podcast and things like that. Um, I would love to, to jump into um, why you think that we get lost as mothers mm-hmm. in um, our job as moms. Oh my gosh, friends. I'm like, yes, let's talk about this. It's time. Yep. <laughs> let's shake yep. it up. Let's mm-hmm. go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm sure there's a little bit of a different answer for everybody, but I've thought a lot about this and I've got a couple perspectives I want to offer. And I hope that as I'm saying these, you guys that are listening, you mamas can like find this in your life, see where it is happening because we're all on varying degrees. So Diana was just telling me about her experiences with feeling low postpartum and there's other, you know, we're all on a different spectrum of how low we are. I got to the point oh my gosh, heaven forbid it was horrible, but I got to the point of suicidal thoughts, not like contemplating and planning, but genuinely I was so clueless as to how to feel better. And I was like, well, is this the only way? Like what, what, what are my options here? So there's that, there's that, but you might not be there. You might, you might be like, you know, listening to this podcast today thinking, I just, 
I'm always up for feeling a little happier, feeling like a little bit more whatever pep in my step. And um, what's fascinating is that like, I feel like we don't really know what our full capacity for joy, for passion and for fulfillment and playfulness and purpose in motherhood is until we finally hit it and we know. And so if you don't feel like you're living your dream motherhood and you don't feel fully fulfilled and playful and passionate, that doesn't mean you don't have ups and downs and stuff. Um, but that like you, you genuinely feel fulfilled in your overall in your life, then you probably need to listen in, to lean in today and, and not need to, as in you've done something wrong, but like there will be something here for you today to take away. And my hope is that I think our hope, Diana and I have definitely gone through this episode together, made notes together. Our hope is that you can feel, um, replenished and like have new vivaciousness, new perspective and new energy going forward into your motherhood. So shall we dive in? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So the first thing we were talking about behind the scenes here was, um, on a nervous, okay. Like your nervous system kind of manages how, how much of a worry wart you are versus how cool and chill, cool as a cucumber you are and how able you are to appropriately kind of get activated or have a, you know, oh my gosh, my baby's going to fall and hurt his head. Like any of us would be like, oh my gosh, we'd be freaked out for a minute. But do you come down from that all the way and get back to your chill life? Or are you now hyper-focused on everything your baby's doing and you're exhaustedly watching every move they make and you're mad at your husband or your partner because they're not being careful enough, right? Do you, do you follow? I'm like, Diana's nodding her head. My (laughs) three-year-old, I, Oh my gosh. Like, I swear, like, that's where a lot of my nervous system problems came from was I started, he was just so insane, crawling on everything, always grabbing the knives, crawling up on, you know, ladders and all that kind of stuff. And it, I I don't think I ever came down. It was like a constant Mm -hmm. stress. Yes. And by the way, that doesn't mean, you know, a lot of moms I think are in that boat and that doesn't mean that you're, you're showing signals of depression and anxiety necessarily, but you're just not able to relax all the way. You're not able to have fun and let go all the way. And you don't have this good rhythm of like taking care of yourself in your life and feeling really, really good in your motherhood. So this is what we call in the world of trauma, we call this sympathetic dominance. It's a fancy term, but it just means basically some degree of survival mode. You can be hella in survival mode, like really, really deep in it, or you can be just a little bit in it and not even know it. And I think um, Diana and I were talking about the pandemic. We're we're all in the post-pandemic world. How many of us do you like ask yourself, ladies, like, do you feel like you ever really came back down from that? Have you fully processed what we all had to go through? All of the massive changes we had to go through. So that's just a little blip, right? Then we have things like birth trauma. Um, we've got problems in our marriage or our relationships. We have um, kids that have special needs or kids that were in the NICU. So think about all of the things that could have thrown your nervous system out of whack. Um, and so our cortisol goes up and this can lead to really, really high anxiety, which then can lead to depressiveness and kind of lowness. And ultimately we can settle. And this is what I say when I say we lose ourselves, we really just sort of don't know how to not settle into, um, like this version of motherhood. That's like kind of vanilla. It's fine. Like we love our babies. We can function day to day, but we're not like feeling deliciously fulfilled and, you might have a thought right now, like, is that even possible? Like, is that ideal even really possible? Like, are there women that really actually have as many kids as I do and actually feel fulfilled? But it is, it is. And if that's my one message to the world, to women, it's like your body is designed for so much capacity for pleasure, playfulness, 
purpose. I mean, it's there. It's all in your body. It's just a matter of knowing how to regulate, clean out the things that are weighing you down and manage on a day-to-day basis so that you can really truly have that motherhood that you want. (laughs) Yeah. And that we really do want that. But I think a lot of times we don't know how to get it. I know. I know. We're going to talk about that, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we talked about, excuse me, I'm still recovering from a little cough I've had. We talked about biological or nervous system, um, how we get lost. And then emotionally, I think we totally get lost. And I just want to take a second and just touch on a couple things you guys might not be aware of that after helping dozens of women and going through it in the trenches, like you were saying, Diana, I've definitely been there. And I don't say that to be like, how cool am I? But I do think personally, I do think that women feel that in my vibe, like, and in my teachings, I do think that's something that feels very welcoming. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons you guys love Diana's podcast. Cause she's a mom, right? It's something that we really value as women. We care that other women have been through it. So as I was going through it, and then as I've helped women through it since, um, I have been surprised to find out that there is, there are loads of grief that we feel every time we have a baby that we have not been socially even cued to look at. We are very grief illiterate in this American culture. I gotta say, I can't speak for other cultures, but most cultures are pretty grief illiterate. And, um, and that could be another whole podcast on its own, but I will just say that, you know, when you have a baby, your life before dies, it's over. It will never be that way again. And you will never be that person again. I mean, hopefully you get some rhythms back and, but, but you have a different baby. You got a different juggle. Like everything's different forever, never going back. And the brain struggles with that. And so there's actually a lot of grief. And then that's like, if you had no birth trauma, everything was peaceful. And then you add on things like birth trauma or your baby being in the NICU or having to have an unforeseen surgery or jaundice, or, um, you know, your mother passes away soon before or after the things that happen, right? Like your grandma gets a diagnosis, things that happen. And we have so much grief, but when we're in that sympathetic dominance, right? When we are in any degree of survival mode, we're not fully processing grief. Not that we even would anyway, because like I said, we sometimes don't even know that it's there, but add on top of that being in that survival mode. And we have basically a body that is full. And my belief, this is my last thing I'll say, and then I want to give it to Diana because she's so awesome. I love to hear her talk too. But my belief is truly that one of the reasons we develop depressiveness and anxiety is essentially an emotional buildup. It's essentially your subconscious saying, hey, it's raising a flag. It's like, hey, I need some help. It's been a while. It's kind of like when you get a cap, like you have some tooth pain and it's because you haven't gone in and gotten your cleanings and you need to go get it cleaned. That depression and anxiety is your flag to say, hey, there's been some buildup and we need some more focus and attention than you're used to giving me because we need we need to undo some of this stuff that's been building up. And it's it's not necessarily scary or anything, but it it does take some love and affection and attention towards ourselves and sometimes some education too. So Well, and you know, as you're saying that, like when you do hit that moment where the anxiety and the depression is coming and it's like a red flag, right? Well, it's going to require us to take some action that's different than what we've been doing, right? That's the whole point of the, I believe that's the whole point that those symptoms come up is to exactly do that, to get you to take action that you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that we struggle as moms to do the things that we need to because we don't want to inconvenience someone. Like, let me just share a little bit of, of my personal experience oh, I want right to hear now. It. Tell me all. Of, I'm so hooked. I'm like, you just said that. I want to hear more. <laughs> so like, for example, 
Um, I remember after having my first baby, this was like a long time ago. She's almost eight. Yeah. I remember like me focusing so much on the budget that like I bought enough fruit for my husband and my daughter, but not any for me to keep on my budget. Right. And so it was like, oh no, I want to keep to this certain amount. And like, you know, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to get this many apples and I'm not going to get any of them. Okay. <laughs> that was like the beginning of like me so not cute. wanting to inconvenience. Yeah. I know that's like my first moment that I remember. And so, but then you go mm-hmm. forward and it's like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not want to inconvenience my husband. So I'm going to do everything for Christmas. Okay. I just wrote about this on, on my social media. Like mm-hmm. I, I would do everything myself because I didn't want to inconvenience. And then over here, I would not want to spend any money on going to the chiropractor or maybe going to therapy or doing all oh. these different things oh, yeah. because I was like, you know what? I, <laughs> I don't want to rock the boat with our finances or make any type of financial issue with my husband. So I'm going to do this, or, um, I don't want to be away from my kids mm-hmm. this, this amount of time to do these things that I need or, you know, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, I don't want to inconvenience my husband. I'm going to be the one that gets up every night with the kids doing whatever they need to do in the middle of the night at three in the morning. <laughs> and I'm going to let him sleep so that there's one oh, person yes. in the house. That was literally what this I used is to such say. a woman's way, you know, know, in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, and so I constantly was just always focused on like pushing my needs aside. Like I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, I can totally do it until I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, and then I started to kind of like, oh, wow, I'm starting to feel a little like, I don't know, like I, I can still do this. I can push through, I can push through, yeah. but it doesn't, yeah. y- you literally hit a point where you are drained and mm-hmm. there, there is no pulling back. And so it's funny this last year, I have rocked the boat more mm. than I ever have. Mm. I'm like, you know what? I'm hiring a nanny for more than more hours than I have before. And yep, it's going to cost. And she costs a lot more. She's a great nanny. She actually cleans my house. The kids like her. Um, you know, I'm not going to pay bottom dollar for like an 11 year old, you know, which I still have for date night, but not for when I need them to replace me while I'm working. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just, just, I'm going to go on a trip. I'm going to do this. I'm hiring Mm -hmm. a personal trainer. I'm going to the gym that I want to lift weights. (laughs) Like, and it's definitely, rocked the boat, but I feel like I, I hit a point where I just couldn't, I literally couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't be in that survival mode. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I, like we have to clear, sl- I'm sorry. We have to clear slate and build upon what I need to. And that's going to be very different for my family. It's mm-hmm. going to be a different, like dynamic for my husband, because mm-hmm. now it's like, well, I need your help more. Like I'm, I'm comfortable in bed. You go get them this time, you know, mm-hmm. like, and it's, it's been a very different dynamic, mm-hmm. but it's kind of what's brought back like my health because oh my I mean, it was so bad yes. that like, it was scary. It was, it was, it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like I literally didn't know if I was going to get out of it and was trying everything. I know. And, and some women don't, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. some women, whether it's, be, whether they have chronic health issues that develop for forever and ever, or we, we know that suicide is a thing postpartum. So yeah, it is serious. Yeah. It's a yeah. serious issue. It can get serious and we don't want it to get serious, but when you don't listen to what your body's saying, when luckily you did, Diana, it sounds like you really did, um, you know, the, the misery that your body created essentially in the form of like anxiousness, depressiveness, depletion was enough to get your attention. Um, and you were able to figure out why that was happening. A lot of women are just kind of stay confused and frozen about why that's happening. And then that's when it can get really serious. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I think too, um, one thing that I am proud of myself that I did was I started talking to anyone that I could not like anyone on someone on the side of the street, but like, you know, like I was like, I got to get a therapist. I've got to like, tell my husband, I've got to tell, I've got to tell people I'm not coming on that vacation. You know, like I (laughs) not coming, (laughs) you know, yeah, I'm not, we're not coming down. And I'm not explaining why I'm not coming. I'm just not coming. Thank you. Yep, Exactly. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm just staying here and keeping my routine so I can, um, you know, try to heal my mind and my body and my nervous system. Right. Um, so yeah, like it's, I think us moms definitely get caught in the, the mindset that it's inconvenient for other people, for us to take care of ourselves because we're so hyperactive and aware of like how mm-hmm. everybody feels mm-hmm. and how much like what we do affects everyone in the home and man, it can just dig us into a hole. Yeah. I literally call depression, emotional debt. It's debt. Mm-hmm. We're in debt with ourselves. We have not been caring for ourselves and there is a price to pay for that. But the good news is you can learn how to do it a different way and avoid having this emotional debt in the future. Yeah. Well, and I, I guess, how do you think that we as women like thought that this was a good idea? You know, oh, I mean, yeah. maybe not That's thought, I don't a- know, but where did mm-hmm. this come from? Is it just like naturally in our brain? Is it you know, societal? Like, what do you think? I'm happy about to that? speak on that. I think it's a multifaceted answer. I don't think it's like one person just planted in, in there and, right. and it's just never left since. I do think that when we look at where things come from, we have to kind of go back in the generations. So um, there's a few different things I could speak on and I kind of love speaking on this, but um, as far as a nervous system level, There have been studies that have shown that, for example, survivors of the um, Jewish Holocaust, Mm -hmm. their their DNA, like in their family lines, changed from the time of that great, great suffering. Okay, so we know epigenetically that trauma in um, earlier generations can actually influence the way that we show up unconsciously. Okay, on a nervous system level, which is incredible. And so you think about women and and our specific because you're we are assuming that we're women here right so our specific history um there's been there have been times where women specifically have been um in danger in ways that maybe men weren't um or the group collective weren't that women were singled out and the first thing that comes to mind is the burning times and i don't need to go into a whole but we I didn't know, okay, like a few years ago that like the witches were burned outside of Salem. I thought it was like the Salem witch trials. That's where it happened. That was the thing. I had no idea that it was this actual like huge thing across Europe and that um, 80% of potentially millions of people that were killed, but the the numbers vary from hundreds of thousands to like over a million um, that were killed. You know, they were hung, drowned, all the things. I don't want to say, say the scary things, but 80% of them were women and poor women typically. And it was at this time when, anyway, so you think about that, that was only like seven generations ago or maybe 10, I can't remember. Um, And it lasted, okay, it lasted, and I think it was seven generations that it lasted for, okay? Where literally, can you imagine seven generations of Mm. the system thinking that it's okay to just single out a woman who can't describe why somebody next to her got sick. They were accused for all sorts of crazy things, especially like the healers. So that's one thing when we talk about why, I think there's a lot of history with our nervous systems. Then you can go the patriarchy route where you can talk about just women's 
roles and being domesticated and whatever, if you want to talk about that. Um, but then I also think in Christianity and, and conservative religious culture, there is also this emphasis. And I don't think it's wrong. I, I'm not trying to criticize, but followers of Jesus Christ, for example, um, but even other conservative religions, there can be an emphasis on service. And I think that there isn't always a balanced emphasis on taking care of yourself. We've got the commandment in Christianity of love your neighbor as yourself, but then we don't know how to love ourselves, and but we're all trying to love our neighbors, and so we're kind of like doing it from a depleted place. So there's that kind of view too. Um, And then I also think the last piece I want to mention is just there's just a general um, uninformed, like the general public isn't super informed on what trauma is and how to recognize if your body is showing signs of being full of trauma, which is other, in other words, is symptoms, um, illnesses, chronic illnesses, autoimmune stuff. These, these can all be related to trauma. I'm not saying they're only related to trauma, um, but we're really not informed about that. And then finally, we're not really sure even when we are informed what to do about it, which is why I created my program. And it's why I decided to become trauma informed specifically in addition to just general life coaching. I studied with a therapist because your nervous system runs the show. And if you aren't paying attention to what's going on there, in addition to your thinking, um, you don't really get to the root of things. So yeah. Oh, wow. Those are my thoughts. It was a lot. (laughs) No, and it's so true. Um, I, I really think it's why it's important for us women to one, be in contact with other people who have healthy thoughts of self-love and health as a mother. I mean, it is so important for us to not stay in our little bubble and just think that that's the only way that we're supposed to feel, think, experience that there are a million different ways for, you know, someone could teach you five different ways of how to calm your nervous system, pick the one that resonates with you the best, right? But if you're not like sitting there and actively looking for other ways, you'll never, you Mm -hmm. might never find the way that actually works for you. And just, I, so I think that's like one of my main things is like, we, we need to continue to talk to each other as mothers, whether that be listening to someone who has a podcast or a mother that, you know, in your community that is healthy and thriving Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, just, we need to be a a support system for each other and be talking to each other about the struggles and not just the struggles, which I feel like we get stuck in a lot. Um, but more of the solutions, like what is working for somebody and how it might help somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm Um, and yeah, so I, I, I definitely think that. And then another thing too, is that we have such a gift of our own intuition Mm-hmm. that can help yeah. us know yes. what the heck our next step is yep. to take us to the next Amen. level. Oh, yes. I I don't mean to interrupt. I just feel very passionate about the women's intuition. And I, I talk about that a lot. And it's something, by the way, that when you come out of survival mode, you do get more engaged with your intuition and you can feel it again. Part of getting lost is kind of like not really feeling that inner guidance. You can still feel it. I truly believe you can be in survival mode and in a trauma response and definitely have an intuitive hit. Um, But you can, as you get out of survival mode, you can be working with your intuition in your motherhood with what your kids need or what your marriage needs. Like those intuitive hits come a lot more often, Um, but it can still reach you even when you're in the pits and the depths. So, yeah. Well, and I, I'll share like when um, I was in like my darkest season this last year, 
um, it literally felt like I was literally in a, like a midst of darkness. Like mm-hmm. I could not see, I could not like think of like forward. Um, I could, I, it, I could barely even put together what I was doing I totally in front of me, yes. you know, what a, it's five o'clock and I have no idea what I'm feeding my kids for dinner when yep. I have had, you know, meal prep and meal plans for years. And I've been organized and all of a sudden I'm in complete darkness and I don't even know how to take what's in front of me yep. and like do anything with it. It's, it's insane. Yeah. That's the executive functioning is what we call that. And, and it just crashes when you're in it. Yep. Yeah. It's so wild. Um, like, so I guess I, what I would love to learn from you right now is how we as moms can come out of this. Yeah. Like how we can get out of that survival mode, be able to get a healthy nervous system again uh, and, and really start to feel ourselves like, I don't know, blossoming, opening back up again into the woman that we want to be, you know, the, the loving, the peaceful, the fun, um, and whatever level that is for somebody and whatever that looks like in so many millions of different ways. But so what is your, what is your advice to a mom that might be struggling with Mm. having lost herself or Mm -hmm. just feeling like she's kind of in that darkness? Yes. I'd love to speak on that. It's like my honor. And it's literally what I think it's dreamy that I get to like be asked to share these things. Cause it's what I love talking about. So yes, I will share. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Um, okay. The first thing that like the, okay. The very, 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 very first thing. Cause there's, I was telling Diana before we started, there are, um, so many things I could say really, because I have literally hours of expertise that I could just like blah, 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 tell you, but the very first thing that needs to happen is you've got to have hope. You've got to believe that healing is possible and that you actually can feel better than you do now. So that's the first thing is like, say it with me. Healing is possible. (laughs) Say it with me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. All like the motherhood of your dreams that you like, maybe you secretly follow people on social media and you just like, almost drool at the way that they are with their kids. Maybe if they're patient or kind or whatever, whether they really are in reality or not, like you see something in somebody that you want. And, and the reason I believe, listen to me, ladies, listen to me, Linda. No, but (laughs) I believe the reason that you desire, like when you see something, an attribute, a quality, maybe it's in me or Diana, maybe it's in somebody you follow, but, um, or somebody, you know, but when you see something in someone that you like, and whether it triggers you and makes you feel sad because you don't have it or or whether it inspires you, it's because it's in you. There's this amazing quote I heard from um, Eckhart Tolle, I believe. It says, whatever you think the world is withholding from you or, or that you're missing and you don't have, um, you are withholding it from the world. In other words, it's in you. It's wow. in you. And so I just want you to take heart that when you see, when you're comparing and despairing and you see these things and you're listening to us talk and you're like, oh, they sound so vivacious. They sound like they have it all together there, whatever. It's like the reason you see that in us is because it's possible for you. If it wasn't possible for you, it wouldn't even land on your radar. Okay. So that's well, the well. first thing. That's the first thing is recognize that what the hope and the good vibes you're feeling in, like in other people are because they're in you. They're just waiting to come out of you and be brought out of you. And that's the next thing is you want to allow yourself to be around people that lift you in that way, that kind of buzz you, that make you feel like, oh, I could do this, I, that you have hope. You want to be around them and um, maybe try to articulate like, what is it that you are drawn to? Because whatever that is, 
it's in you too. That's the exciting thing. It's literally in you. Again, whether you're jealous of someone, which I know is such an uncomfortable emotion, or you um, are really intimidated by somebody or whatever the emotion is, if there's something that attracts you to them and whatever you end up feeling with that attraction to them, um, what is it that, that is in them? Because it's in you. Um, so spend time around them, let yourself be around them, and then figure out how they got there. What, like, and Diana was kind of saying, but what was working for them? So that's literally in my program. What I do is I'm like, hey, here's how I, here's literally the process that I followed without realizing I was followed, following it. Then I helped dozens of women and realized that I was having them do these things. I have narrowed it down. Like, here is what we do to get out of these things. Okay. And so whoever it is that speaks to you, that you feel safe with, that, that inspires that hope in you zero in on does she have an offering does she have a way she can help you i'm, I'm assuming it's a she maybe it's not a she um and i think the last thing i want to say here is um there is a specific level of emotional safety with other women mm-hmm. that specifically when it comes to childbearing and and the struggles that are unique to motherhood that sometimes just can't exist yet we can create it later once we have it with other women but sometimes we don't we don't even we don't even know how to bring it if we have a male partner we don't even know how to bring it into our relationship because we haven't yet found it within ourselves and sometimes it takes another woman this is just something i've noticed with motherhood challenges specifically and postpartum challenges specifically sometimes it takes a woman to a woman because you see yourself in her in a way that you can't in a, in a different gendered person to um to to really inspire like catch ignite that fire of hope and then once you kind of tutor with other women and which is what i believe motherhood really is about and it's the magic of it then you can come bring it to your family and to your children and to your if you have a male partner to your male partner so i hope that kind of helps yeah well no and i i think too um like you said about being like aware of Mm -hmm. what you need like one of the one of the best ways I found to become aware is, you know, eventually you can become self-aware really well, eventually. Yeah, eventually. But in the beginning, it's really important to have people be like, so how are you sleeping? What are you doing with this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is your mindset like? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, being around those people that can help kind of pull that out of you right. to be able to know, like, what is going on that maybe you aren't yeah. seeing that's, mm-hmm such an important part of um, yeah. community. And I, I want to say here, we typically, we've been taught to think that that should be our doctor. And I'm not saying that that won't be your doctor. I hope that it is. But in my experience and what I hear from a lot of women is, is they kind of fall through the cracks sometimes in the doctor's office. It just depends on the day of how busy they are and, and how honest you're being too, because we're not always honest. Let's be honest. We're not always honest because it's like embarrassing to, to really share the dirty laundry of how bad we've been struggling. And so, um, that's what I mean when it comes from woman to woman, sometimes, you know, whether you switch up and try to find a female provider, if you have a male provider, I'm not saying men are the problem. I just, they're whoever it is, because men, there can be a great emotional safety with men. So it just, you need to really, really, really deeply feel able to just lay it out and be messy and be seen by this person um, and build. And that takes building a relationship of trust. And so again, whether you're listening to their podcast, you're following them on Instagram, you're going to their live event, build, pick one person that feels safe and hope inducing for you and um lay it out with them and like let even if it's just in an instagram dm and you're like i've never told somebody this before but literally just saying it out loud breaks the shame 
and allows you to start getting momentum for, for getting yourself some help and what you need and resources. Mm, I love that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you were talking about your program. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for you to share a little bit about that and like how, how you've built that and why it's, it's so beautiful for oh, people. Thank you. That's so generous of you, Diana. Yeah. And I hope you guys know that everything I say from here on out just so, so, so comes from my heart. I've literally built this program with love. I mean, for women and with a genuine conviction, Oh, I'm going to get emotional, but that like, there doesn't need to be this deep level of struggling without help. I mean, I think the struggling is for a purpose. I'm not trying to take away people's pain here. I'm not trying to play God, but I do think that, um, how I wish I would have had some support and, and a little sooner so that I didn't have to be so blindsided for so long and so frozen for so long, because I think about the way my kids, you know, experienced my depression and it's heartbreaking and nobody really wants that. We don't have to have that piece. So I would be happy to talk about it. I created a three-step process that is like the heart and soul. It's the heartbeat of my actual programs. The program's called postpartum freedom. We work together for nine months. It's a group program. So we have, um, weekly coaching calls together and you can ask for coaching or you can just sit and watch people get coached. And then there's my online library that houses this three-step process. And the process that I've created is calm your body, calm your mind, calm your life. And that's, If you're more anxious, it's calm, calm, calm. If you're more depressive, it's connect with your body, including yourself, connect with your mind, connect with your life. Um, And those sound so simple and they are simple actually. And within them, I hit a ton of different angles. I've got in there everything from like um, literally self-regulation, nervous system, trauma tools and Um, because like I said, I studied with a therapist. So we've got kind of my favorite aspects of therapy, but at my first, you asked why it's so amazing or something. You said that. And I'm like, I think the reason it's so amazing. And what I'm really proud of is that a lot of other modalities and professionals outside of me and, and life coaching and the things that I've uniquely created, they tend to, to focus when a postpartum woman shows up to therapy, for example, and this is very generally speaking, because every therapist is different, just like every life coach is different, but there's definitely a focus on, okay, tell me about your past. Tell me about your childhood. Let's go deep. And I am under the conviction since I've lived it and been in the trenches and I know what it's like to be in survival mode and have little people depending on you. And your husband is freaking out because he's scared to leave you with the kids. I think the number one priority is a woman functioning. We need to get you functioning first. So my first step, calm your body. That whole section is all about tools to really like snap you back, get you through it. Not in a way that disregards the deep stuff, but like, we just need to get that executive functioning. We need you to be able, maybe you're not meal planning, but we need to at least you, at least get you to the point where you're feeding your children and you're feeding yourself. Right. So that's kind of the first step is, um, and even if you're not really, really deep in it, like to where you're not doing those things, it's really just heightening our functioning, getting it at least 70% improved. Then once we're there, we go to the Um, other things where we're learning more about trauma. Maybe if you had birth trauma, we might take that out and look at it. Um, But I first like to stabilize women before we do that stuff. So that's kind of the program in a nutshell. Wow. Do you have questions? (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, you're saying that you have like different levels of women that come in and work with you. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like the people that maybe are struggling with even getting the basic needs taken care of Mm -hmm. or the people that are just not happy. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that 
when they come together that it creates a like a good environment for everyone to kind of like grow together i'm just curious about that mm-hmm. of the you know having different the different types of people come in mm-hmm. what benefits have you seen from that the first overall benefit is all of the sudden they realize they're not the only ones. And I know that it's like, we all know we're not, I mean, we probably figure we're not the only ones, but to actually see another woman breaking down in tears over the same thing that you've cried about is the most healing. I mean, it's so beautiful. So I think that's my favorite thing. And then the other thing is I'm very careful in in how I lead my coaching. It doesn't become a free for all. Everybody's sharing their heavy stuff. It's not like that. It's not like, I mean, that's what I think of when I think of group therapy, even though I don't think group therapy has to be like that or is like that. I'm just thinking of literally one client that I had that was like kind of traumatized from something like that and then came into my program. But um, one thing that is different with coaching is it's it's not like everybody just gets to share whenever they want to. It's like somebody volunteers for coaching and I'm handling them and everybody else is observing. Mm-hmm. And so you're um, not necessarily like in other people's stuff, you get to witness, which is very also, I think very much of a privilege and a healing experience. Um, And then you get to take what you want for you and leave the rest. And so there's some space, there's space in there. So it's still a very unique experience, like a personalized, individualized experience, even though we're in a group. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, So I, as, as we close out here, a couple things, one, I would love to hear from you like one of your, your heartfelt tips to the mom that's listening right now yeah. that is searching for hope. She's searching for freedom and she's searching for that sense of identity and mm, just purpose, yeah. right? That's what she's searching for. So I want to hear what you would say to her. And then I'd also like for you to share where people can find you. So okay. why don't you talk to that mom first? Yes, I will. I, Okay, I truly believe that these particular to motherhood and postpartum issues arise for a reason. I, and and that's after me having almost lost everything in them. I I truly have the conviction that this is working for you, not against you. I know it is feeling like it's working against you. And to some degree it is. I mean, your body is trying to pull you out and so you're going to feel some level of misery and difficulty, but it is only because your highest self knows that you are made for more. And mm-hmm. so these symptoms actually, when you have the right tools, they become, you see door, you see doorknobs and you open doors and you feel that's where you get your new life. So it's actually through the challenges you're currently experiencing that the alchemy to the, the level of life you want to have is even possible. You need the you need what you're going through right now. It's going to make you who you are as sappy as that could sound it's actually i've i've watched literally dozens of women at this point do it and um some of them have gone on to get promotions some of them have gone on to have another baby when they thought they'd be so scared to have another baby because of what happened to them postpartum or in their birth trauma some of them have um gone on to start a business or gone back to school or decided they were brave enough to homeschool because they always wanted to homeschool whatever was important to them like those things um, you're worthy of them. And the, the current things you're going through don't define you. They're here to launch you and to awaken you into who you can really be. Yeah. I would just like to add to that in, in my recent journey, I feel like everything was burned to the ground, Mm. you know, Amen. Yes. but what benefit came from that 
was like, I got to choose what I planted like from that moving forward. Right. So like, obviously like my family, my health, like different things like that. When I couldn't, when I couldn't, when everything was leveled, mm-hmm. I had a choice mm-hmm. to build what mm-hmm. I wanted and everything else, all the other dross just went away. All the stuff mm-hmm. that maybe mattered back mm-hmm. then, or, you know, was a, a responsibility that I had. Oh, I let so them beautiful. all go. I mean, yes. I, there were so many responsibilities that I was like, not mine anymore. Sorry. You're gonna have to find someone else. Nope. I'm gone. I'm out of here. And it, I, I never would have done that if I wouldn't have had the, the plane cleared for me. And so I, I would like to echo that, that, you know, our struggles can be our greatest gift. Yep. If we are still in the moment, find the help that we need and like, don't lose hope that we can get out of the way that we're feeling at that time. 100%. So good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So why don't you tell our audience here where they can find you? Okay. So I hang out in a few different places. I've got the postpartum coach podcast. My website is lizzylangston.com, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-L-A-N as in Nancy, G-S-T-O-N.com. And that's where you can have, I have a bunch of freebies there. So I have like a free get out of the postpartum rut course that I love. Um, I just got a, a few great things there. So you can go to the lizzylangston.com and get some freebies, get on my email list. I send out Okay. It's not always weekly. I'm just going to be real with y'all. I am not always weekly, but I do send out little wonderful things and they are wonderful. And I only send them out. Thank you. I only send them out when they feel wonderful. I don't like just try to like do the weekly thing. I'm like, no, I'll just do it when I'm inspired and you'll love it. And that's great. So there's that. I'm on Instagram, lizzie.postpartumcoach. And I feel like Instagram is where you can definitely find me. Um, And then the post part of freedom programs on my website, but, um, yeah, it's all there. So that one is, we are currently enrolling and we'll be starting again in January. Awesome. Well, yeah. Lizzie, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and for helping this conversation kind of flow. And this is a conversation that we don't have enough for us moms that are kind of feeling like we're alone, right? Mm-hmm. We just, we need to have these conversations with each other. So Thank you so much for taking your time to talk with us today. Yes. And thank you, Diana, and your whole organization for what you guys do for moms too. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. It was fun. Thank you. Yes. All right, ladies. Well, I hope you've learned something today and also have gained some hope that you can find the help that you need, that there are people out there who are experiencing joy, who can help you get to that place as well, that you don't have to be stuck in the place that you are right now. And that what you're going through can be used as a benefit if you learn how to use it. So thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll see you next Tuesday on the Mom Training Podcast. Hey, Mama. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and letting me be a part of your day. If you'd like to see how I apply some things that we talk about, tips, some mom humor, or just to connect deeper, follow me on Instagram at Diana Ballard Live. If this episode or any episode was helpful for you, please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It's literally the lifeblood for a podcaster, and it helps me so much. If you'd like to learn more about me or mom training and how we can help you implement more things you learn here on the Mom Training Podcast to make life flow smoother, to be more fulfilled, and create and protect what you love, head to dianaballard.com. There are free downloads, online programs, our mom training membership with our monthly workshops, and other resources to help you create the life you want. 
Thanks for tuning in. Know I'm always rooting for you and believing you. I am Diana Ballard, and this is the Mom Training Podcast.